Welcome to I Had to Say It, the podcast where I talk about things that I feel need talking about, and sometimes they're not getting the attention they deserve. And your feelings, they're not under consideration. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Had to Say It. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say howdy to all the new listeners. I've actually been picking up some some new unique hits in the last few days, so uh, you know, welcome. Check out the back catalog, hope you enjoy it. You can actually... I think you can actually tell the progress I've been making. I think I'm getting better. So uh, welcome. And to the regulars, you know, thanks for coming back. Uh, I'm playing around with the idea of changing the format up a little bit from what I've been doing instead of just one long kind of drawn out rant about one particular thing or whatever happens to be on my mind and doing segments more. I mean, it might make the show a little longer overall, but... There are so many different things I want to cover, and I feel like it's kind of doing a disservice to every single thing trying to do, dedicate a full show to each thing because things aren't getting touched on as regularly as I would like. So we're going to play around with that and see how that works out, and uh, hopefully hopefully it works, and it, let me know what you think. Uh, all the feedback stuff is out there, all the social media stuff, all the, the contact form on the webpage. So with that out of the way, let's get into the first part of what I want to talk about today. And it's going to be one of those things, it's something that has been on my mind a lot lately with everything else that's going on in the world. Uh, Anybody that's been listening on a regular basis or has gone through any of the back catalog knows I have a lot of thoughts about people's behaviors. And like a lot of people, I get really frustrated when people are doing generally dumb shit and being entitled or being obnoxious and just acting in a selfish manner that really makes the world a lot less fun to be in. If we were all just a little cooler, I think we'd all be a lot happier. And that's not going to change anytime soon. That's really how I feel about these things. So in that respect, what I want to talk about in this segment is going to be, I want to talk about gratitude. It's not something that is necessarily as common as it should be. Every single one of us likes it when people are grateful for things we do for them. It's a lot easier to do something for someone knowing they're going to appreciate it. It's really not that hard to express or show gratitude. And it's down to something as little as just saying thank you. I don't see why so many people nowadays have a problem with expressing the fact that they appreciate someone doing something that was out of their way for them. It shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't be that frigging complicated. And yet people act like you're pulling teeth when you try and just get them to express a little gratitude for what you did for them. If, especially if it's something where you're going out of your way, somebody you have no obligation to someone that is not a family member or your direct kin or one of your very dear friends. I mean, realistically, it's not hard to say thank you. It's not hard to show a little gratitude when somebody does something they don't owe you, they're not obligated to do for you. They just want to be nice. They want to help you out. So, you show a little manners. Recently, as I've been doing stuff online, trying to get some more traffic through the podcast and spread my messages of joy and irritation to the world, I've been dealing with this whole community of other people that are making podcasts and recording their own stuff. 
and it is absolutely amazing the amount of gratitude these people have just for mentioning their name when somebody asks for a recommendation. It warms the black and charred cockles of my heart to know that there are people out there that still appreciate when someone does something for them. Personally, I, I like to keep telling myself that it makes me feel good about it because I'm recommending these people because I actually like their shows. I'm not one of those people that's just going to be like, hey, like for like, retweet for retweet. You show me mine, I'll show you yours. No, it's... If I'm recommending somebody, it's because I think it's worth somebody's time and somebody's attention. So it's actually, it's just really nice that that's acknowledged and somebody just says, hey, thanks for spreading the word. I appreciate it. And it makes me want to do it even more in most cases, or at least be a little more diligent about doing it instead of kind of just ignoring when people are asking like, hey, anybody got a recommendation? Because you see tons of that stuff online. I'm bored. I got a six-hour car ride ahead of me. What should I listen to? Well, it depends on what you're in the mood for. And then I give my recommendations. And then people say thank you. It's amazing. They're actually civil. Now, granted, one of them's a Canadian, so that kind of, to endorse the stereotypes, that kind of accounts for that. <laughs> he's nice. He's civilized. He's a good guy. He's grateful. And his show is funny and makes me laugh, so I will keep plugging it. And then sometimes it's reciprocated. Sometimes people recommend this show to people, and... Honestly, I'm always grateful when it happens, and I hope people are actually doing it because they enjoy the show and not just because I'm recommending them. I really I don't do things for reciprocation, and if nobody ever talks about this, like I primarily right now, this isn't generating anything for me besides stress relief. This is my venue to vent since... Normally, I would be doing this while I was at work, just blowing my stack about whatever happened to be pissing me off because it's just part of work, working in a kitchen, as far as I can tell, after 20-plus years. The back of the house rants and raves and complains about pretty much everything, and that's what keeps us from going completely bug shit. And so, to after that little segue, we're going to come back and try back to what I'm talking about. A little common courtesy and showing some gratitude when people are doing things for you. It was actually kind of refreshing. Trick-or-treaters actually saying thank you. And for a lot of these people that I'm more looking at, the little kids are not the perpetrators anymore, at least. they Maybe a few years back they seemed younger to me, but as, as they're getting older. I've The little kids are redeveloping manners, and the in-between period is all these obnoxious little shitheads, and it's our fault. We raised them trying to be their friends instead of trying to be their parents. I'm using the royal we here. I really didn't take that approach with my kid, and I'm perfectly content with the way he turned out. He's got a great work ethic. He's a decent human being, and a lot of people seem to think he's pretty okay. I think he's got a good moral compass, and he's got a good head on his shoulders. I think we did all right. Now, granted, I can't get him to use his manners with his mother or I, but other random people, other people's parents, other kids' parents have told me what a delight he has been over the years, and he has manners and he's well-behaved with them. So that's really what counts. I guess I can expect him to be a shithead to me, but a lot of parents of my generation and a little prior to my age were more concerned, it seemed like, with being the cool parent, with being the friend to their kids. As a parent, your job is to raise a human being that is not a burden and is not a shithead. 
If you're worried about sparing their feelings and you're worried about being their buddy and being their pal, if you're bent out of shape that your kid doesn't like you, if your kid isn't mad at you once in a while, you're not doing your damn job. You're raising a shithead. You're raising someone who will not say thank you when the waitress brings them another drink or brings them some extra napkins or when they drop their flirt. You're raising somebody that thinks they deserve everything handed to them. Entitled, spoiled little bastards that don't understand the concept of gratitude. But, ironically enough, we'll get bent out of shape if people treat them the way they treat others. And we'll pitch a bitch and have just these spoiled, obnoxious tantrums that they are so disgustingly not entitled to. They will contribute nothing. They will benefit the world not. And honestly, that's on you as much as it's on them. Kids develop and are supposed to be guided by their parents so if you're unhappy with the way kids are behaving and the way things are acting look in the mirror look at yourself do you have a kid that you can point to and say i'm proud of the way my kid turned out do you have a kid that you don't have to justify their behavior then you're okay you're off the hook you're doing all right and if you're too young to have kids right now i really hope you're keeping this in mind at least in the back of your mind, when you have kids, don't worry about being their friend. They have friends to be their friends. You are their parent. You are supposed to be their example. That You are supposed to be their guidance. You are supposed to be their teachers. You are not supposed to be their friend. You're supposed to teach them right from wrong. You're not supposed to teach them how to be whiny, entitled little bastards. And you're not supposed to give them the misconception that the world is going to care about their feelings or it's going to hand them everything they want just because they want it. Now, I suppose all that goes right out the window if you happen to be one of those entitled little twat waffles that thinks the world owes them something and thinks they should get things simply because it's what they want. But if you're one of those people, let's face it, you're probably not listening to me because I'm sure I would have pissed you off by now and you'd gone off in a little huff somewhere. Teach your kids a work ethic. Give them chores. It's not like it doesn't have to be digging in the coal mines. Make them put their own clothes in the hamper. Make them do the dishes once in a while when they're big enough to reach the sink. Make them help out with yard work. I, it's kind of a running joke, but every single one of us can understand, hey, you're holding that flashlight in the wrong place. I don't really have to go into a lot of detail on that. And it's a touch point. We can all understand it because it actually carries some meaning behind it. So just keep those things in mind. Don't raise a, sh raise a shithead. Teach your kids. Please, thank you. It's not complicated. It's not hard. And it actually will help facilitate them getting a better quality of life because people will want to deal with them. They will want to do things for them because they're going to understand that it's appreciated, not that they think they just deserve it. And that's about as far as I'm going to rant on that for now with this whole idea, like I said, of doing segments. I'm going to take a quick break here for the standard sticking in a uh, ad spot and... When I come back, we are going to discuss something that was actually a request from a listener uh, when I posted something on one of our social media groups. And it's something that a couple people have brought up where I'm not really delving into my culinary background and I've got a lot of stuff I could be telling you guys. So quick break, we'll come back and we're going to go on about the upcoming holidays and preparing for them.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, so thanks for listening to that. Now we're going to start delving into uh, here in the United States. Thanksgiving is next week. Uh, and there is a lot of stuff coming up. Particularly, it's there's it's going to be a weird one. Let's face it. COVID has screwed pretty much everything for 2020. This year has been a massive flaming shit show. And why should the holidays be any different? Uh, honestly, I'm still waiting for zombie turkeys or something. I was promised a lot of apocalyptic stuff by my cartoons and things when I was a kid, and nothing's happened yet. I'm very disappointed. But in light of that, some of us are still going to get together with our families, even though there are suggestions of not having more than a few people in your home or whatever. Some of us have big families to begin with. I have a couple friends that have a whole hell of a lot of kids. And that's cool. You know, whatever. Whatever you're... Uh, family unit is, if you're just going to be getting together with some friends, if you're going to be dealing with family members, if it's going to be in-laws or outlaws or whatever it is, there. this is just some little stuff we're going to go over real quick and we're going to talk about it just so these are some things you can do, maybe take a little of the stress out of the holidays, maybe make things a little different or a little, little uh, alternative to what you're used to. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is the biggest thing as far as Thanksgiving goes, at least in a stereotypical sense. I know some families don't even do these things. But the first thing I want to talk about is the turkey. And a question I received about brining your turkey. And honestly, personally, I really I enjoy it. I think it's a good thing to do because it enhances the flavor and it makes things better. Uh, personally... If I had my druthers, I'd be smoking the turkey, but I have family members who don't care for smoked meats, as unheard of as that is in my mind. So I am still going to be branding our turkey. I am still going to be grilling our turkey. I'm just not going to throw any wood chips into the coals because I was asked not to, and it's a courteous thing to do that because it's not like it's a big deal. I may make some smoky gravy or something for myself, but that's neither here nor there. When it comes to brining a turkey, one of the things that people are trying to be a little more conscious of is the sodium levels. And unfortunately, by definition, brining is soaking your bird in salt water. Now, it's not an unheard of thing. It's There is salt water solutions added to individually frozen chicken breasts, and that helps enhance the flavor. Uh, adding salt water to your your bird is not a bad thing. The only thing you really got to do is dial back the amount of salt it is and make sure you have a way to keep it cold. You do not want it to get in the temperature danger zone, which is between 41 degrees and 141 degrees, and you want it to stay cold. So you want to keep it under 41 degrees, so in the refrigerator. Don't freeze it because that is counterproductive. And make sure your bird is thawed. It's not going to pick anything up if you're sticking a frozen turkey into a bucket of water. 
Now, to do this, me personally, I have a clean five-gallon bucket that is specifically for food things. And that is where the turkey will live while it is brining. I have a refrigerator in the garage that has enough room for a five-gallon bucket in it. You can move the shelves around, and it's it used to be the beer fridge, but we're doing no carbs, so no beer for Aaron. But it is perfect for holding a five-gallon pail with a 20-pound turkey in it. Now, to make your brine, a lot of people just use water and salt and... That's all well and good if you just want water and salt for your turkey to taste like. But me personally, or half water and half stock. And this year I'll be using vegetable stock, I think. But you can use chicken stock or turkey stock if you happen to have it. Or, I mean, if you if you want some kind of weird fusion thing, you can use beef stock or pork stock or ham stock. I mean, it's it's all about the flavor you want. Me. I'm going to keep it simple. I got a bunch of vegetable scraps in the fridge. I'm making vegetable stock, and that will be the half of the component of my brine. And to brine, you know, an 18 to 22 pound turkey in a five gallon bucket, you're going to need about two gallons of liquid when all is said and done. So, to make this liquid, you're going to take about a gallon of stock, which is going to be my gallon of vegetable stock, and you add in about three quarters of a cup of salt. Now, that's lower than most traditional recipes you will find for a turkey brine because I think we use too much salt and I don't see it as necessary. A little bit will enhance it too much. It can be overpowering. It can be unhealthy. So I cut back on the salt. I increase herbs and spices because you can enhance the flavor a lot without as much of a health impact by doing that. That's why I a lot of current health trends in food is to use a lot of herbs and spices and not just put salt in everything. So a gallon of stock, three quarters of a cup of salt, about two tablespoons of peppercorns. Now when I put peppercorns in things, unless I'm pickling something, I usually, I'll dump them out on the cutting board. I take my measurement, I dump them out on the cutting board. I take a small frying pan and I push down on them just to crack them. I don't need them ground. They don't need to be fresh ground, tiny little flecks of pepper. Just cracked peppercorns. And if you've got a grinder, great. Crack yourself about two tablespoons of pepper. Put it in the pot. It doesn't have to be super fine, just coarse cracked. Then you're going to add about six to eight cloves of garlic or two tablespoons of minced garlic. Or if you're using dry powdered garlic, about a tablespoon and a half but don't forget the garlic. Then you want to put in about four to five bay leaves because I like a lot of bay leaf and I think it, it is a really underrated flavor enhancer. And then I this is going to sound weird. I like to put two cinnamon sticks in there. It gives it just a little hint of holiday cheer and a little bit of oregano and about... about a tablespoon to two tablespoons of sage. Now, I happen to have three gigantic sage bushes that I get fresh sage from. And so me, I just pull a few leaves and throw the stems directly into the, the brine stock that will all go in the pot together. And you're going to bring it to a simmer. Not a full-on boil, just a simmer. And let it simmer for about 15-20 minutes just so the salt dissolves, the flavors meld, all the the herbs get heated up and the oils and the flavors release out of the herbs into the water. 
And then you're going to take that off the heat. You're going to let it cool off just a little bit. You're going to pour it in the five-gallon bucket. Then you're going to add another gallon of cold water, as cold as you can get it without actually having it freeze. If you got the extra ice laying around and you want to pour it over ice to chill it down to damn near freezing, more power to you. Me, I don't keep that kind of ice in the house, so it will just be as cold as I can get it. I will personally put a gallon of water in the fridge while I am making the stock so it has time to get down to refrigerated temperatures. And then you're going to pour that into the same five-gallon bucket with the stock you just poured in there. And then you take your turkey and you shove your turkey in head first. You want the feet sticking up at the at the top so it, it like it went diving into the bucket. And then you put the lid on the bucket and you put it in the fridge. You're going to let it sit anywhere from 10 to no more than like 24 hours. If you leave it in there too long, you're going to like start curing the meat and it's going to be overly salty and it's going to be gross. Now, a lot of people will say they want they rinse the turkey. You you really I I don't know how this became a thing. Don't rinse your poultry. You're not really benefiting anything by rinsing it off before you cook it or before you prep it. And you're potentially splashing salmonella all over your kitchen from the water hitting the the poultry in the sink. It could splash on any clean dishes that are there. It could splash on the counter. It could splash on the walls. It could splash on the faucet. And I don't know why people insist on rinsing their poultry off. It's, It's just a bad practice. So that's done. You got it in a bucket. It's in the fridge. It's chilling out. Like I said, no more than 24 hours. That is like the the outside cap. You don't want it soaking in the salt any longer than that. And when it's done, you're going to pull it out. If you want to, you can actually strain the brining liquid off and cook it down and make a sauce out of it. Uh, Personally, I prefer to put a pan under the turkey while it's cooking and use the drippings to make my gravy. But if you don't want to uh, pitch out the brine water, that's your choice, I guess. And so that's going to chill out. While that's doing, uh, there's a lot of other things you could be putting together. You can make cranberry sauce. Now, I was at the store the other day, and fresh cranberries are, for some reason, ridiculously cheap this year. At least when I went and looked. They were like $1.17 a pound. So fresh cranberry sauce, if you've never tried making it, it's really not that hard, and it is so different. I mean, I usually have a can of the cranberry stuff around because it's tradition, I guess. I'm not a big fan of jellied cranberry sauce. I never have been. Other than occasionally using it in recipes, but it's always mixed with something. It's not just jellied cranberry sauce. We did a Thanksgiving sandwich one time with a jelly a cranberry aioli, and we used jellied cranberry sauce for that because it was perfect and nice and smooth. But I digress. If you want to do a nice fresh cranberry sauce, you get the cranberries, cover them with some sugar or sugar substitute if you're like me and you're avoiding sugar and the carbs and all that stuff. Uh, Some ethritol over the top. Cover them in water. Simmer them until they get soft and mushy and grate some orange zest into them and a little bit of orange juice. And you'll have a delicious orange cranberry relish, which will go amazingly with the turkey and the sides and the stuffing. Another thing I got to put out there, cook your stuffing in a pot or a pan. Don't stuff it in the bird. I know that's a traditional thing, and a lot of people think it's a great idea. 
unless you're going to cook the holy hell out of that turkey and you're 110% sure that stuffing has reached an internal temperature of at least 165 degrees, don't do it. It's just as good coming off the top of the stove or out of the oven if you want to bake it. It, If you make it with stock instead of water, it will be fine, I promise you. And another thing... Think about roasting your sweet potatoes instead of doing the nasty casserole that everybody does every year. And they get the canned sweet potatoes in syrup and they top it with brown sugar and marshmallows. And I know a lot of people like that. I Personally, it's, it's too much for me. I mean, we have too many diabetics in my family without eating stuff like that. I like to get fresh sweet potatoes and either do mashed sweet potatoes or peel them and dice them up and toss them with a little oil and some salt and pepper and a little cinnamon and roast them. A little cinnamon, a little, little nutmeg. And just roast them. And they're delicious. And they're naturally sweet. You don't need to add another two pounds of sugar to them. It's a lot healthier. They're still good. Give it a try. Do something different. So you got your you got your sides that you can work on there. There's other things. Everybody seems to do things like the green bean casserole with the, the cream of mushroom soup and the French fried onion strings on the top. And I actually like that one, so I'm not I'm not going to knock it too much. <laughs> it, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. But you can do a green beans almondine, which is butter and almonds and salt and pepper. And uh, you can also mashed potatoes. Traditional mashed potatoes are great. Yeah, I miss the hell out of potatoes right now with the whole healthy eating thing that we're doing and I wish I could have them but I can't I'm losing weight and I don't want to screw that up so if you're going to cook your potatoes that's another one of those things use vegetable stock use chicken stock if you want them to have a a chickeny flavor if you're doing them with a ham use ham stock or pork stock it's don't just cook them in water Enhance the flavor a little bit. And when you're boiling your potatoes, throw a few cloves of garlic in with, with the, the potatoes when they're cooking. Or throw in some spices, depending on... You know, pretty much, I mean, play with it if you're not worried about offending anybody. Or if you are, keep it basic. Just use stock and salt and pepper and boil your potatoes until they're fork tender. Mix them in with a little butter and cream or milk. And this is kind of one of my pet peeve things heat up your cream and your butter put the butter in the milk put it in a little saucepan put it on the stove over a low heat while your potatoes are boiling until the butter melts you don't want to scorch the milk but just get it hot enough to melt the butter and you're there and use that to make your mashed potatoes don't use cold milk and cold butter it's just you're not only are you cooling off the food so it's not going to stay warm for as long or as well but it comes out smoother when you use melted butter and hot milk and little tastes while you're doing things adjust the seasoning while you're mashing them and my uh, my grandma used to actually when this is if you want to add a little weird zip to there you can put a like a couple tablespoons of mayonnaise in while you're mashing it too it gives it a little creamier tang uh, and little you know, all, the, all the standards fold in some cheddar cheese or I actually like to do it uh, like brie or gruyere or something a little different if I'm doing like a cheesy potato cheddar's kind of just 
passe. It's played out on bougie. But, yeah, so you can kick it up a little notch. Make your side dishes fun and exciting. Do something a little different. And there'll be another episode coming on Tuesday, and honestly, that is probably going to be focused primarily on food stuff and doing things for the holiday and then whatever else the other half of the show is going to be about. And that being said, I think we're going to uh, put a wrap on this one, and that's what I had to say. Thanks for listening to another episode of I Had to Say It. If you liked what you heard, leave a review, give us a follow, give me some feedback. And if you didn't like what you heard, leave a review, give me a follow, give me some feedback. I'll try and fix it. Check us out on all the social media platforms that I had to say it podcast is the trigger for all that stuff for the search term. And if you want, check out the website, www.ihadtosayitpodcast.com. There's links to people that have been involved with the program, things I've talked about. There are some links available for some merch that we're working on, and there are ways to contact us there as well. And thanks for listening, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.